What if I ask you tonight, though, to take out a piece of paper and on that piece of paper write down areas of your life that you need to get better at or places you'd like to improve? Is there anybody that would say, man, this dad thing, I am nailing it. I am all over it. I got it figured out. I've been through the training. I've got experience. Man, I'm the top dog when it comes to dads. Are you more like me? Who on a daily basis, I say, these poor kids. <laughs> I mean, when, when it came to standing in line and getting your pick of dads, man, they got the short end of the deal. Is there anybody that would say, man, my marriage, I'm being exactly what my wife needs for me to be. Are you like me? And I'm thinking to myself, this should not be such a challenge. I should be able to do this. Why am I so selfish? Why can't, why do I keep doing the same dumb things over and over? Why can't I be more thoughtful? Why can't I be more understanding? Amen, anybody? Why can't I get over this? Is there anybody thinking, man, my thought life, it's nothing but thinking about God. Man, I'm just worshiping Him. All throughout my day, I'm thinking, oh, I love God. And I know His purpose for my life, and I'm just fulfilling that purpose. You're all over that one. Are you more like me? Are you longing for the day when, when, man, I quit getting frustrated so quickly or I quit getting irritated so easily or whatever it is for you or hoping for the day, one day that you'll get over that one struggle, that temptation that just seems to just continually, why can't I deal with that? We could go on and on, couldn't we? I think most of us would agree we have a lot of growing to do. In fact, many times I feel like I have so much to work on, I don't even know where to start. Amen? I mean, if I sat down and made the list, you know, where do you start? Well, that's why I'm super excited about this series that we're going to be doing in 2 Peter chapter 1. It's called, Lord, Help Me to Grow. And we're going to be studying these verses together, and I'm hoping... You know, and I think that's what we do sometimes. I think the enemy does that to us. Many times we think about it in terms of, you know, just trying to bite off the whole chunk. We try, you know, I'm just going to fix everything. That's the, part of the problem this New Year's resolution thing. Man, I'm just going to fix it right now, this year, this week, everything I've ever struggled with. I'm just going to make a resolution and that's going to be behind me. And that lasts for about two and a half days if you're really strong. But I'm hoping that this series is going to give you... I mean, do you ever feel like me? Do you ever feel like, I don't even know where to start? But what's exciting to me is, is that God's Word tells us, hey, hey, if you're going to start somewhere, here's some places. Isn't that encouraging? Sometimes I have to say to the Lord, Lord, I've gotten so far away from you, I don't even know where you are anymore. I don't know how to get back. I don't know where I'm at. God, I need for you to come and... Meet me and bring me where you are. Well, that's kind of what we're going to do over the next few weeks. God's going to say, here's where I am, and here's some steps that you can take in your life to get to where you need to be with me. And today we're going to kick off that by thinking about why do I need to grow? Like I said earlier, I think all of us, to some extent, realize that we have progress to make. 
but we've got to be convinced tonight that we truly do need to grow, or this is just going to be a waste of time over the next few weeks. I mean, it's just going to be information. It's just going to be a nice little thing to think about. But tonight I want to ask you, are you desperate? God, show me, teach me, help me to grow. The first thing I want us to think about tonight is this, the importance of growth. Some of you who have been here for a while have heard me talk about this many times. And if you stay around for a while longer, you're going to hear it many more times again. God is all about growing. Are you beginning to pick that up as you're part of New Hope Community Church? God is all about growth. As we think about His nature, as we think about who He is, do you realize that? Are you here to learn about God? Not idolatry, not the God that you want to worship, but the God of the Bible, the one true God, and how He's revealed Himself in His Word. As you look at God, as you think about what He says in His Word, as we understand what He is like, you have to come away with the reality that growth is super important to God. Let me give you some verses that show us that. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 24 through 30, in a passage that's called the parable of the talents, it says in verse 24, And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, now this is, he had been given uh, something by his master. The master was coming back and calling calling him to account for what he had been given. He says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. Basically, you gave me something, and what am I doing? I'm giving it back to you. Now, I mean, let's just be fair to this guy, because we usually talk kind of rough on him, and we're going to gonna see that God was kind of rough with him, okay? But if you think about it, the guy didn't come back with, here's something you've been given, and I lost it. Here's something he had been given, and he gave it back. Normally, we would think like that, wouldn't we? If I give somebody something, I just expect for them to give it back to me like they found it. But guess what? We're not like God. Are you understanding that? The Bible says when God gives us something, it is part of his nature and his character and his expectation that when we get it, when he gets it back from us, it won't be the same. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, that's strong language, isn't it? You wicked, lazy slave or servant, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. What does he say? His master had an expectation of not the same, but what? More. When I give you something, I expect you to put it to work and for that thing to grow. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and you can almost hear in parentheses, at least, because the other guys did more than that. You ought to at least, if you were going to park it, at least park it in the bank. And then on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him. Matthew 13, verses 31 through 32. There's another parable that Jesus gives. It's the parable of the mustard seed. In the parable of the mustard seed, it says in uh, verse 31, he presented another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven, the way God does things, is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And this is smaller than all other seeds. But when it is full grown, now remember, God's kingdom is like this. 
It's like the smallest of seeds, but when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. God's kingdom is growing. God's kingdom amazingly, exponentially is growing and moving forward. Luke chapter 2 verse 52. When Jesus Christ was walking here on planet earth, the Bible says, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Even when Jesus was here on this earth as a human being, even he experienced growth and development. Now that's a little bit confusing for us, isn't it? Now wait a second. Isn't he God? I mean, how can God grow? Well, I don't quite understand it, but, I, but I'll explain to you like this. Jesus, when he walked upon this earth, was fully God, and he was also fully man. And the Bible says that in some sense he never ceased being God, but he voluntarily chose to humble himself and to set aside some of his rights and privileges as God. Now, he could have, pulled, he could have done anything he wanted to. He's God. And every once in a while in the Gospels, what do you see him do? Pull back the curtain, right? <laughs> oh, oh, don't let this t-shirt I've got on uh, 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 cause you to not understand who I am. Every once in a while, I pull it back and there's a big ass on his chest, right? He's God. But in some sense, he chose to limit himself and in some sense to identify with our weakness. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. Okay, so in that sense, Jesus Christ was born as a little baby and the Bible says he kept increasing in wisdom and in stature physically and in favor with God and man. What does that sound like Jesus did? He grew, didn't he? You can write down Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. We won't read those. But write those down and go, go back and look at those later. But Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. In Hebrews 6, 1, it says, Therefore, now some of us in this room need to hear this. Some of us are just starting out as a new believer. As a new believer, just like a baby... I need to start from the beginning and I need to grow and I might need milk and I might need some extra special care and that is perfectly fine. If you're here and say, we have many people in our church who have never been to church or haven't been to church for a very, very long time or have never been in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and are just beginning that, it is perfectly fine to start from the beginning. In fact, you ought to. We should start with the basics and go from there. But there are some of us here tonight who have started with the basics and stayed with the basics. And to those people, the Bible challenges is therefore leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, let us press on to maturity. That's another way of saying what? Grow up. <laughs> it is time to move forward. God didn't create you to be a baby. In order to be a mature adult, you have to start as a baby, so there it is, perfectly fine. We don't fuss at babies for, why couldn't you be an adult? Well, maybe sometimes we feel like, that. Well, why couldn't you be an adult? We say, no, in order to become an adult, there's a process that starts with being a baby. But at some point, all those little babies need to grow up. Amen, parents? <laughs> that process, which the Bible talks about, is called sanctification. It just means more and more, my life is looking like Jesus Christ. Now, will I ever look perfectly like Jesus? Absolutely not. I cannot. Thankfully, in God's eyes, He sees me like Christ. 
But the reality is I have a long ways to go before I look like Jesus. But guess what? That doesn't mean that I can't make some progress in that direction. And that progress is called sanctification. And by the way, if there's some of us here who thinks, well, I I just don't want to do that part. I mean, I'm good with I'm going to heaven. I'm forgiven. like all that. But, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to hang out. The Bible doesn't really give us that option. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. So many people want to know God's will for their life. We want a voice from the clouds that says, Marry this person. Take this job. Live in this house. Oh, I just want to know God's will for my life. Well, guess what? Most of the time, God's will for your life is expressed in statements like 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3. God says to us, here's what I want you to focus on, not necessarily seeking for this detail. And now God will give us guidance. Amen. We talked about that a little bit last week. God will give us guidance for our life, but our starting point ought to be, I want to move closer to the image of Christ shining through my life. I am less and less comfortable. Are you hearing me? Is this your heart? I am less and less comfortable with the parts of my life that don't reflect Jesus. So if that's going to change, I need to grow. Why is growth so important? Why do we need it? Because God is all about growth. And what did Matthew chapter 25 tell us? If I know God... If I understand Him, if I have a relationship with Him, if I'm connected with Him, guess what I'll be about? I'll be about growth too. It'll be important to me like it is to Him. But also growth, not only is growth something that God's about, but growth is good for us. As we begin to turn to the book of uh, 2 Peter together, all throughout this letter, and I'd encourage you, I shared with you several weeks ago that we're going to be studying 2 Peter chapter 1. And I encourage you because you'll get more out of this study together if you will take, in fact, if you'll think about it like this, we're going to study two verses out of a whole book, okay? It's a small book, but we're going to study two verses out of that. What if you found a letter upstairs in your uh, attic? How many of us would just read two two, two sentences out of it? Wouldn't you read the whole letter? Wouldn't you want to understand who this person is, who they're writing to? I'm trying to get a sense of what all this is about. Wouldn't that make a lot... Even if you just wanted to focus on the two sentences, wouldn't it make sense better if you understood the whole picture? So I want to encourage you to do that. And as you look throughout the, the, the letter of Second Peter, you're going to see reasons that growth is good for us. First of all, growth will protect your life. Do you ever feel at risk? Do you ever feel attacked? Do you ever feel like, man, you know, I don't know if we're going to make it, if my family's going to make it, if my life's going to make it, all these kind of questions that we have in our unstable world today. We need protection, don't we? We need security. Now, we don't know all the details behind why God led Peter to write this letter, though many people believe that it was kind of his swan song. It was his last letter that he was going to write before he was martyred. But it's very apparent that there were false teachers in the area of the people that Peter was writing to. Here's what I mean. What we're saying is not everyone who claims to be a pastor speaking for God, not everyone who claims to be a church, just because a group of people has a building and they put out front such and such church, 
that does not necessarily mean that that group of people or that that person speaking for those group of people are necessarily representing God. Do you understand that? That's what false teachers mean. And one of the best ways you say, well, how do I know? How do I know New Hope is okay? You should ask that question. How do I know this church is okay to be a part of? How do I know if I move to a new area or if God changes the direction of our life? How do I know if I go to another? How am I going to know that that's okay, that it's, that it's God's teaching, that it's God's direction? Well, one of the best ways for you to discern false teaching is for you personally to grow in your relationship with God. In fact, one of the biggest themes of 2 Peter is the word no. All throughout 16 times in the four little chapters of 2 Peter, the word no, that's a lot for four chapters, isn't it? If you read a letter of four pages and 16 times the same word was mentioned, wouldn't you say, man, they really want me to get that one? (laughs) Obviously, that is important. And it was more than just, hey, stay away from bad pastors. Apparently, those false teachers were teaching, specifically in 2 Peter, that it was okay to love God, but live like you wanted to. It was called antinomianism. Basically, it means against the law. It means there's no law. There's no rules. You can, you can accept Jesus as your Savior and then live like you want to. Have you ever heard churches kind of teach that? All you got to do is accept Christ. Have you ever seen Christians live like that? All you got to do is accept Christ as your Savior and then you can just live like you want to. That is not true. And that's specific. In fact, they were especially, it seems that they were telling people it was okay to live in immorality. Oh, yeah, you can be a Christian. You can be a follower of Christ and live with someone or, you know, all this kind of stuff, living in immoral lifestyles, not honoring God uh, morally. Growth protects us. It keeps us from being led astray and getting hurt. Let's look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses uh, 3 and 4, leading up to the verses we're going to study. It says, Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now I want you to think about that statement. God has given us everything we need to live and to become like Him. Isn't that encouraging? Even if you say, well, I don't have a clue what it is, at least you know it's there. Amen? At least you know it's possible. Through the true knowledge, there it is, of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Then in verse 10 it says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and his choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Doesn't that sound like protection? What God's saying is, I've given you a lot. And if you will pay attention to those things, it will protect your life. Second thing this will do for us is it'll bless us. It'll make our lives better. In chapter, uh, in verse four, uh, four, the second part, it says, "So that by them, for by these he has granted to us his precious and, ma- and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature." The more we understand and apply God's truth to our lives, the more we will partake of the things that God is about. Then in verses 8 and 9 it says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. The Bible is telling us if you grow in the ways of the Lord, you won't miss out. 
If you don't, you will miss out. Third thing is it empowers us. It gives us confidence. Now we need to be very careful about not getting into pride. There's a difference between confidence, assurance, and pride, right? You understand that? Okay, we never need, need to get proud as if we did anything. But I have confidence tonight. I have confidence because of God, amen? I have confidence because of what He has done and what He can do in my life. And He tells me, are you looking for strength in your life? In the second part of verse 10, I just read it. It says, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. That is a big statement, isn't it? As long as you keep moving towards the things that we're going to be studying together, your life will be safe and secure. And that gives me confidence. It empowers me. Many of us are living our lives in fear, in doubts, in wondering, in letting the enemy uh, tell us his garbage. But when we begin to realize, the Bible says, no, if I follow the ways of the Lord, if I continue increasing in my understanding of God and what he wants for my life, I will never stumble. To many people, that sounds like a bold statement. Well, you better watch that. Well, we should watch it. But if we're thinking about it God's way, it's true, isn't it? If I keep growing in the ways of the Lord, that will secure me from ever stumbling. The fourth thing is it maximizes us. It keeps us from wasting God's resources. In verse 3 it says, we said, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Wouldn't it be too bad if you lived your life but at the end of your life, you had wasted the opportunity that God had given you. God has given you, not just me, God has given you everything that you need for life and for living it God's way. Growing in the Lord is good for us in that it keeps us from wasting the resources and opportunities. What a shame not to discover what God has given me. Amen? How many Christians right now have said, that's enough for me. I'm parking out here. I'm camping out. It's just too good. I don't want any more. I haven't gotten to that spot. Amen? <laughs> I need some more. I want to keep going. The last thing is it prepares us. The closer you get to God on this earth, the more you'll experience what heaven will be like and you'll be getting ready for heaven. It says in verse 11, For in this way... The entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Friends, I hope, what's, and we're going to talk about this more in just a second, but I hope what you're hearing is this. Many of us think of, think of growth as an as a optional thing. It's kind of like, you know what? You can have Christian life. You can have Christian life kind of A-level, B-level, or C-level. Some of us like C's, don't we? Kids, be careful, okay? <laughs> Some of us are okay making B's. Some of us can make A's, okay? I understand that, but that's not what this is talking about. Listen, friends, if you know Jesus Christ, like I said earlier, I, I gotta say, I can't put pressure on myself to be perfect. Are you understanding that? I can't put pressure on myself to be perfect. I will never be perfect. And the Bible acknowledges that. So are we good with that? But just because I will never be perfect doesn't mean I, want to, I don't want to get better. Amen? I want to go farther. I want to get closer. And what verse 11 says is, the more you're moving towards God, the more you're getting ready for heaven. 
Heaven's going to be all God in His way. I want to see more of what that looks like. <laughs> Amen? Not staying away from it. So all throughout the book of 2 Peter and God's Word in general, we see a clear emphasis on the need, the importance of growth. But we also see here in these verses in 2 Peter, God issues a challenge to grow. He says, listen, it's not optional. This, this, is, this is very important. It is critical to your life, and God gives us a challenge. I want you to look at verse 5 with me for just a moment. Starting in this verse, in verse 5, we're going to go through verse 7. In those verses are the qualities, some of the things that God says to us. Here are some things. If you're wondering, there's a lot of other things. There, these two verses will not just be your whole Christian life, okay? But God's saying this is a good place to start. But before he gets to that, he says something at the beginning of verse 5. Let me read it. It says, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply, and then he's going to talk about the qualities that we're going to look at. In the English Standard Version, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with and then the qualities that we're going to study together. In the New Living Translation, it says, So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. And then it gives the qualities. That's how it's translated in those different translations. Now I want to look at each part of what verse 5 is saying. It says, For this reason. Now it's referring back to what we've just talked about. What did we just talk about? Impress me that you were taking notes. What is the first point? Growth is what? Growth is important, isn't it? It's a serious thing. It's important to God. Because it's important to God, for that reason, this is now for this very reason also, applying or adding, some of your translation says, all diligence. I like the clarity that the New Living Translation gives. It says making every effort. Okay? Follow the thought. Since growth is so important for that reason, since growth is so important to God, and since God has supplied it for us, all that we need for it, right? Is that what it said? In verse 3, He's given us everything that we need, and it's important to Him. For that very reason, applying or adding all diligence. That word diligence means haste. Now, don't miss this. He says haste or earnestness or intentionality or urgency or motivation or drive. It's the opposite of being lazy. Now hear what God's saying. He says, since growing, your growth in Christ is important to God, and since God has given you everything that you need to grow, you better get serious. Amen? This is important. Get serious about what? He says, get serious about adding. Now, don't miss what I'm about to share with you. Adding some things to your faith. He says, supplying your faith with some extra resources. Many of us have accepted Christ as our Savior. Praise God. I'm going to heaven. That's good news. My sins are forgiven. I'm not carrying guilt anymore. I'm a child of God. All that is good news. If you've never made that decision, that is your starting point tonight. Don't skip over that. 
We must come to the cross. We must realize what Christ has done for us, our need for Him, and receive that gift and put our faith and our trust in Him. But what Peter is saying here is, he says, okay, you've had faith. He's talking to Christians here. Now, adding, supplementing your faith with some resources that God has given to build up that faith. It's not just, oh, I prayed a prayer and I trusted Jesus as my Savior. That's not the, the totality of the Christian life. That is the beginning of the Christian life, right? He says, take some things that God has given you and reinforce that. Build up that faith. In fact, that word supply that's used there is an interesting word. The word supply was used of the leader of a choral group or a group of actors. And this guy was going to supply them. He was kind of their manager. He was there to, to, to give them help, to give them assistance. They, they, were, they were doing their routine. They were doing their play. They were acting out whatever a musical or whatever uh, singing number that they had. And this guy, he was there to take care of them. He was to pay their expenses. He was to make sure they had a place to stay. He was to make sure they had their costumes, their instruments, whatever they needed. And the supply that he gave had the idea of rich supply, of lavishness. Okay, so here's this guy. And he said, hey, we're in a singing group, and we got a manager. He's our supplier. He, he takes care of us. No, he really takes care. They were set up pretty nicely by this guy. That's what he's talking about for your faith. God says, you've got faith, but God has a rich supply of resources that he wants to use to support and build up that faith. Isn't that a cool idea? God wants to hook you up with some awesome things. This guy took care of them. I mean, they ate well. They had everything that they needed. Isn't that an incredible picture? God doesn't just want you to squeak by. He wants you to fully fulfill the purpose that he has for your life and he says so here's your supplies that's what we're going to be studying and like I said this is not some hey you know I got some stuff if you want it you can use it this is actually a command God is saying hey listen if you've put your trust in Christ good but that's just the beginning now it's time to move on to the next step and get serious. So I want to ask you a question. Is that how you see your spiritual growth? I mean, honestly, tonight, many of us, we've got a list of things that we got to do in our lives. We may feel kind of bad about it or guilty about it, but growing in our relationship with God may not be your top priority. But God is saying... It's an absolute necessity. And even if you want to think about it from the perspective that we usually think about it, whatever else you're worrying about in life, are you hearing me? Whatever else you're worrying about in life, if you just want to think about it from that perspective, what God is saying to you is the best way to deal with all the... What, is it, what did it say? He supplied us with everything we need for life and godliness. Amen? Isn't it madness that we would try some other way? See, what doesn't make sense to us is we say, but it's my finances. How can growing in these Christ-like characters help the bottom line of my checkbook? 
I don't know. But God said, if you go this way, He will take care of you. So it's really a faith issue, isn't it? Do I trust? Here I am. I got some issues. I think I should focus on this. God says, and He says it all throughout. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What are all those things? If you read Matthew 6, where that's at the end of it's in Matthew 6, 33. All of Matthew 6 is dealing with our physical concerns and issues. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? And God says, focus on me and I will provide for all your needs. Some of you have tried it and it works, doesn't it? It's going to be fun. God's going to change some lives. In the next few weeks, there's going to be a box sent to our church. Maybe it's a UPS box or FedEx. And when we look at who sent it to us, it's going to say, from God in heaven. I got some things for you. I want to give you. They're going to help you. Are you ready, Christian? Are you ready to grow? And by the way, if you're one of those been there, done that Christians, oh yeah, I heard Chuck Swindoll preach on this passage. I'm going to ignore the next few weeks. I, I got the notes from this one. Oh yeah, I was in a church a few years ago and we dealt with all this. Yeah, I'm right with you, Pastor. I could probably even preach the messages myself. <laughs> Peter said, Therefore, in verse 12, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them, and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. And then in verse 15, he says in verse 14, basically, it looks like I'm getting ready to, be, to die for my faith. But in verse 15 says, And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure you will be able to call these things to mind. Sounds like the reason he wrote this letter, right? Christians are prone to forget. We're prone to think we've gone far enough. If you are a Christian here today, friend, what a joy it would be for me if you were a Christian when you came to New Hope, but as you became a part of our church family, you said, you know what? I thought I had learned some things. I thought I had experienced some things. And maybe you have. But God, when, when I became a part of New Hope, I began to realize that God wasn't finished with me yet. And even though I had seen a lot in my life with the Lord, that I experienced even more. That would be a blessing to me. Many of us here, we're excited because you say, I... I don't have a clue what it means to walk with God. I haven't been there, done that. I'm not tempted to think that because, man, I don't even know. I'm ready. Good for you. That's why I'm trying to challenge those who've been walking with the Lord for a little while. If we'd all be at that place, I'm ready, God. Amen? Do you hear? Do you hear? Lord, help me to grow. Doesn't that sound humble? Doesn't that sound teachable? Doesn't that sound like we need God to do something in our lives? Lord, I'm depending on you, no matter who I am. If I've been a Christian for years, or if I'm just starting out, I'm ready to move forward. Would you bow with me for just a moment?
is hard for many of us to believe. You mean the key component of my life is that I get serious about God? You mean that would help my relationship with my spouse? You mean that could possibly turn the tide of the downward slope that my kids and I are on right now? You mean all the discouragement that I face at my job, God could do something about that? Absolutely. I don't know all that God wants to do in your life. But I can tell you this. His ways will not be accomplished your way. So before we ever start any study about, here's some great things that God wants to teach us. We need to ask ourselves, am I willing to grow? Because the Bible says knowledge, just for knowledge's sake, it puffs up. You'll learn some things about the Bible over the next few weeks, but that'll just make you proud. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Love needs knowledge, doesn't it? I need some knowledge in order to learn how to love someone. But knowledge is not the end of the story. So before you can learn any knowledge about God and that be useful in your life, you've got to deal with your relationship with Him, your heart towards Him. Are you a Christian here tonight? And you feel like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't need to go anywhere. That ought to concern you tonight. Would you ask the Lord to forgive you for that? And if there's somebody here tonight that's never put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, why don't you start the journey with us? Right now, why don't you get ready to grow in these next few weeks as a babe in Christ by receiving His gift tonight and just saying, Jesus, I thank You that You died on the cross for my sins. I believe that You rose again and that You can give me forgiveness and life. And I want to turn away from living my life my way and I want to put my trust in You. I am not depending on me anymore. I am depending on You, God to get me to heaven and to get me through this life. Father, in these next few moments, would you just move in our hearts, stir, Lord, start a flame in somebody and fan it in someone else. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so next week we're going to start. Will you be ready? If there's anything that's going to get in the way tonight, I want to, I want to ask you to, to deal with that. God, I want my heart to be ready. This week, I want to be preparing for what you have over these next few weeks together. Is there anything that stands in the way of that right now? If you want to talk to God, you can, just you and Him. We're going to sing a song. It's a song of invitation. The reason we call it an invitation is because it is. It's an invitation to respond to God. Hopefully, God has spoken to your heart tonight. And you can respond to Him. You can do that on your own. If you want to talk to somebody, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you're ready to receive Christ, I'd be glad to, to share with you how you can do that. There are people here that have received Christ, and you want to be baptized. You want to tell somebody. We've had several people over the last few weeks come forward. Join our church family. They said, you know what? We've been to your discovery class. We know what this church is about. We don't need any more information. God's leading us to join this church. 
whatever it might be. Somebody else tell me, you know what? I've been involved in this ministry for many years. God's calling me in a different direction. Praise His name. Amen. I love that. Teachable, humble, moldable, whatever you want to do, God, my life is yours.